Well, today we're going to conclude our series called Endgame. We're talking about the signs of the times. And how many would agree with me today that we are living in the end times? But we also need to understand, even as Pastor Sean reminded us last week, that the end times is a long stretch or a long period of time. Uh, fact of the matter is, most end time scholars say that the end times began when Jesus came to the earth the first time and that they will end uh, when he comes again the second time. And much happens even after his second personal visit to planet earth before the end times or the last days are over. But that being said, so much of what is described in the Bible as end time events or last days, these signs of the times are unfolding before our very eyes. I want us to take a look at four things today, four things that will take place in the last days according to Scripture. The first thing I want to look at and talk about is I want to talk about the rebellion, the rebellion. Man has always had to fight the temptation to rebel. Uh, the very first man and woman that God created rebelled in the garden. And this tendency was passed on to their children, who passed it on to their children, who passed it on to their children, and it has become a battle for every generation. But I want to tell you this morning that we are living in a day where rebellion is at an all-time High. The Bible predicted days like today over 2,000 years ago. The Bible states that in the last days, the last days, the God-haters will come out of hiding. In the last days, in the end of time, the God-haters are going to come out of hiding. Now, man has always had a hard time obeying God. Would you agree? In the Old Testament, they struggled with the law, and, and they were constantly disobeying the Ten Commandments. When Jesus came along, he actually raised the bar. He would say, he would say, you have heard it said, but I say. For instance, he said one time, he said, one of the commandments says, do not commit adultery, but I say. If you even look at a woman with lust in your heart, Jesus said, you're guilty. Jesus raised the bar. And the people rebelled against Jesus and rebelled against his teaching. Let me ask you this this morning. Is anyone rebelling against God today? Is anyone rebelling against the word of the Lord today? The fact of the matter is the God-haters are coming out of hiding. Matthew chapter 24 and verse number 12, Jesus said that in the last days, sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many, Jesus said, is going to grow cold. And in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5, where, where a long list is made of the signs of the times, among these signs uh, are these signs. Uh, the Bible says people will be in love with themselves and their money. Uh, that in the last days, at the end of time, uh, uh, people will not consider anything sacred. That they will hate what is good. Uh, uh, that they will literally scoff at God. Friend, we are living in times like 
these. The God-haters have come out of hiding, uh, but worse than this, God-lovers have a target on their back. Yeah, we're living in a day that if you love Jesus, that if you stand for, for, for godly principles, if you stand for the Word of God, if you're a child of God, there is a target on your back. Yeah, we're living in a land today that no longer reads the Bible or prays in school. It's a place where, so help me God, has been taken out of the swearing-in ceremony in court. We're living in a land and we're living in a time where homosexuality is taught as an alternate lifestyle. We're, We're a land where abortion in most places today on demand has become the norm. And I could go on and on. The list would continue. The God-haters have come out of hiding. But let me tell you that there's something even more alarming than this. And that is many Christians will compromise their beliefs. In the last days, in the end of times, the children of God, Christians, will compromise their beliefs. Now, think about it. It's one thing, it's one thing for sinners to act like sinners. You know, I mean, you know what do sinners do? They sin, right? I mean, it's one thing for sinners to act like sinners, for sinners to progressively grow worse and worse and more sinful. But the Bible predicts that in the last days, even many of the saints will begin to compromise. They will begin to look, they will begin to act, they will even begin to believe more like the world. Matthew 24 verse 10 and 11 says, in the last days many will turn away from me, Jesus says, and many will betray me, and many false prophets will appear, and they will deceive many. And 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 4 and 5 says, in the last days they will love pleasure more than they love God, and they will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. And Titus chapter 1 and verse 16 says that in the last days, they will claim to know God, but they will deny him by the way they live. Oh, friend, we are seeing more and more and more of this today as so many of God's people become more and more liberal. Oh, we're living in a day where godly standards are being lowered, and all too often very little difference can be seen between saint and sinner. The pendulum that once swung far too far into legalism is now swinging far too far in the direction of liberalism. Yeah, clear, black and white issues addressed in Scripture are being totally ignored. But not only are they being totally ignored, they're being ignored by not only, uh, not only many Christians, but even churches, even churches and even, even denominations. Some major denominations today are ordaining homosexual pastors and priests, even though God's word clearly calls it sin and even calls it an abomination. Now, let me just say, this is just one of many sins. I'm not picking on one particular sin this morning. This is just one of many sins that some Christians and even churches and even denominations today are choosing not only to ignore, but they are choosing to embrace. It's one thing for the God-haters to come out of hiding. It's gone to a whole nother level when Christians and churches and even denominations begin to compromise their beliefs. And especially, especially the clear black and white issues that, that are addressed in God's Word. 
the rebellion that is going on in our world today, rebellion on steroids that is happening right before our very eyes. It is a clear sign of the times. But not only do I want to talk to you today about the rebellion, I also want to talk to you about something else that is going to happen and take place in the last days, and that is the revival. See, when we think about the end times and the last days, if we're not careful, we will only think of these days in a negative connotation. Days of gloom and doom. And and hear me, these days will certainly contain a lot of doom and gloom. There will be a lot of wickedness and, and vileness. There will be wars and rumors of wars. There will be bickering and hatred and strife and, and ugliness. Oh, oh, all of these things will happen in the end times. But hear me this morning, there will also be some very positive things happening. See, the end times is not all gloom and doom. It's all, not all negative. That's where we tend to focus, but that's not all of what end times will be about. You hear me this morning, revival will also break out. I said revival will also break out. It is also a sign of the times. Listen to me, friend. According to the scripture, there will be a remnant of God's people that are going to discern the times. And this remnant is going to fall upon their face and they're going to pray. And this remnant is going to cry out to God for one more major move of the Holy Spirit. And God is going to hear their cry, and he's going to answer their prayer, and revival is going to break out. Did you hear me this morning? I said revival is going to break out. Not everyone is going to be in on this end-time revival, but those that have a true hunger for God, those that separate themselves from the world, those that are seeking hard after God, they're going to see God move like they have never seen him move before. I'm telling you, young people, the stories that you have heard of old, those stories are going to become alive to you. They're going to become your story as God begins to move in these last days. Two things that are going to happen. Number one, souls are going to be saved in unprecedented proportion. Matthew 24 and 14, Jesus said the gospel will be preached throughout the whole world so that every nation will hear it and then, say then, and then the end will come. One of the signs of the times is an end-time revival where souls are saved in unprecedented proportion. And you hear me this morning, this is happening in the here and the now. I said it is happening right now. Oh, not so much in this gospel-saturated and gospel-hardened country that, that we live in, but all over the world, the church, the church, the universal church is growing in Book of Acts fashion. Gospel crusades are, are, are being held that are drawing as many as one million people. As many as a million people are assembling in a field to hear the gospel message. And hundreds of thousands of people are coming to Christ. 
house churches are literally exploding in number and in so many countries and, and in countries where they're not allowed to have public worship, uh, where Christianity is outlawed and yet, and yet thousands, maybe millions of house churches uh, are exploding in number in these countries. Listen, this is one of, the, one of the many reasons why the fire Bible that you hear me talk about consistently is desperately needed. Uh, why Bible schools are, are, are an absolute must around the world because these pastors must be trained. Missionaries must be sent and, and missionaries must respond to the call of God. Listen, we are a sending church. That doesn't just mean we send our money. That means we want to send our people. Revival is a sign of the times. Another sign of revival is the Holy Spirit will be poured out like never before. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 17 says, in the last days. In the what? In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. Your young men are going to see visions and your old men are going to dream dreams. And just so you know it, I'm still seeing visions. Uh, Amen. Old men dreams dreams and young people see visions. So I want you to know I'm still seeing visions. Amen. In the last days, the Bible said, the Holy Spirit is going to be poured out like never before. Oh, if you've read church history, if you've read, oh, you read your Bible and saw what happened, uh, uh, you know, in the book of Acts and, and, and out on the day of Pentecost and to follow and see all of the moving and manifestations of the Holy Spirit. If you've read church history and you've seen what the Lord did in the turn of the century there back in 19, whatever it was, and, and all of those, and the revivals and the Azusa, the street and all of those things and, and all down through the years there's been some incredible revivals many of us went to the Brownsville revival what a great awakening that that was and you think about all of these revivals but the Bible says that in the last days God's going to pour out his spirit in unprecedented pr- uh, uh, fashion he's going to do by his spirit what he has never done before I'm telling you yes there's a lot of doom and gloom awaiting this world in the end times but I'm also telling you that a revival is going to break out and the Holy Spirit is going to manifest himself in a way he has never done before. Do you believe it this morning? Shout amen. I want to prophesy to you this morning, and it doesn't take a prophet. All you got to do is tell what the Bible says, but I'm telling you there's coming another Pentecost. Did you hear me? I said there's another Pentecost on the horizon. The Holy Spirit is about to pour himself out as never before. There's coming an end-time revival. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what it's going to sound like, but I know it's coming. The question is, are we ready for it? The question is, are we hungry for it? The question is, are we thirsty for some freedom? fresh water of the Holy Spirit. If you are thirsty this morning for the freshness of the Spirit of God, lift your hands and say, give it to me, Lord. Holy Spirit, pour it out. Pour it out upon me. I want it. I'm ready for it. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I desire a mighty move of your Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're talking about four things that are going to happen in the end times. We've talked about the rebellion. We've talked about the revival. Now let's talk about the rapture. Let's talk about the rapture. Now, although the word rapture is not found in the Bible, the event is. 
the event is. And let me endeavor to ask and answer four questions about this event that we call the rapture. First question I want to ask and answer this morning is what will take place? What will, what's this all about? What will take place in this rapture? Well, let's read about it from the Word of God. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, verses 13 through 18. Paul writes, and he says, I don't want you to be ignorant or un, uninformed concerning those who have fallen asleep or those that have, that have died, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who are sleeping in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. Here it is. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. So therefore comfort one another with these words. The Bible says that at some point in time in the last days that Jesus is going to appear in the clouds and all true saints who are on earth at that time are going to be raptured. They're going to, their natural bodies are going to in an instant be changed into spiritual or eternal bodies. And the Bible says that gravity will lose its hold on them and they will leave the ground and they will be caught up into the clouds with Jesus and Jesus will accept them in the clouds and Jesus will take them to heaven to be with him forever. That's pretty incredible, is it not? Yeah. Question number two, why will it take place? Why will it take place? Well, First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 9 says that God did not appoint us to wrath. The Bible speaks about a seven-year time frame called the Great Tribulation Period. This also will take place in the end times. And in this Great Tribulation Period, God will pour out his wrath on planet Earth for its habitual sin. But before he does this, he will do what he has always done. He will first rapture or catch away the saints. Why? Because God's wrath will be directed at the sinners and not the saints. Question number three about the rapture this morning. When will it take place? Well, let's read about that also. Uh, let's read about it in Matthew chapter 24. Uh, verse 36 through 44, Jesus said, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the son of man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the son of man be. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women grinding at the mill, one taken, the other left. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. 
But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So, according to Jesus, no one knows. No one knows. So if somebody puts a day or an hour or a time when Jesus is coming in the rapture, then ignore them. Don't listen to them because according to Jesus, no one knows when Jesus is going to come back except God the Father himself. Question number four this morning, who will be going? Who's going to go in this rapture, this catching away? Who will be going? Well, oh, the rapture will be an incredible, incredible, awesome event. Can you even imagine what it will be like? And the fact that the purpose of this event is to evacuate all Christians from planet Earth in order to protect them from what is about to follow, which, as I already stated, is the wrath of God. But the question is, who is going to be going? And the answer, we read it in Matthew 24 and 44. Jesus said, be ready. Say, be ready. Jesus said, be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Who will be going? Well, according to Jesus, not according to Pastor Mike, but according to Jesus, only those who are ready. Only those who are ready. And Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 28 says that only those who are looking for him will see him when he comes. When Jesus comes in the clouds, when he comes in the rapture, not everybody is going to see him, but only those that are ready and only those that are looking for him, only those that are looking for him are going to see him when he appears. Oh, let me ask you today, are you ready? I said, are you ready? It's happening. It's going to come. We don't know the day or the hour, but I believe it's soon. And I ask you this morning, are you ready? Will you be raptured? Will you be caught away with the saints? Or will you be left behind? Are you ready? That's the question of the hour. That's the question today. Are you ready for his coming? Are you saved? And are you looking for him? Not only should you be saved, but you ought to be in anticipation. Amen. You ought to be so, you know, carefree and loose from this world and be looking to another world that is to come that when Jesus comes you will see him because you have been looking for him I don't know about you this morning but I'm looking for him to come I'm anxious for him to come amen are you ready for his coming this morning hallelujah hallelujah oh here's what I know this morning you do not want to miss the rapture you do not want to miss the rapture you do not want to be left behind. And the fourth thing I have to say this morning tells you why. And the fourth thing I want to tell you and talk about that happens in the end of times is the reaping. The reaping. Two things will happen after the rapture. Number one, the saints will be rewarded for their works. After the rapture, the saints will be rewarded for their works. At the rapture, Jesus will come. He will take his saints out of this world and take them to heaven. And when they get to heaven, Jesus will reward them according to their works. 
Now, please understand, you cannot get to heaven through your works. You only get to heaven by placing your faith in God's grace. But once you are there, your works are going to be judged. Again, to be clear, what gets us into heaven is not our works. What gets us into heaven or keeps us out of heaven is what we did with Jesus, what we did with his life, his death, and his resurrection. What we did, whether we put our faith in his finished work on the cross or we did not. If we did, we will find ourselves in heaven. If not, we're not going to make it. So works won't get you there, but once you're there, your works are going to be judged. Your works are going to be judged, not to determine your salvation. Your salvation's already been determined by the fact that you put your faith in God's grace for your salvation. But you, when you get to heaven, you're going to be judged, not to determine salvation, but to determine rewards. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10, Paul says, we must all stand before Christ to be judged. And we're going to receive whatever we deserve for the good or the evil we have done in this earthly body. Oh, listen to me, friends. Listen to me. Don't you dare think that heaven is a one-size-fits-all kind of place. And I think some people just think, if I can just get to heaven, you know, if I can just get there and they're just, just, just you know, going to be content to just barely make it in, you know, just to get there by the hair of their chinny, chin, chin. But listen, let me tell you this morning, don't be content to just barely get into heaven. Hear me this morning. After salvation, do something. Oh, after salvation, give something so you'll have some work works in order to be rewarded for trying to get you blessed this morning we're talking about what takes place after the rapture and it's the reaping the saints are going to be rewarded for their works and the sinners are going to experience the beginning of God's wrath Matthew 24 and 21 Jesus says then there will be great tribulation such as has not been since the world began or that shall ever be again now there is and there always has been tribulation coming to Christ does not uh, isolate you from tribulation there always has been always will be tribulation but the Bible says the time is coming at the end of the age the end times the time is coming the Bible calls the great tribulation there's a difference in tribulation and the great tribulation and the Bible says in the end times there's coming the great tribulation and it's going to be beyond your wildest imagination in terror and in fear and indescribable suffering read the book of the revelation and you'll get just a glimpse of what this great tribulation is going to be like and what the people that are still here after the rapture God begins to pour out his wrath upon planet earth like he has never done before. Sodom and Gomorrah hadn't seen anything in comparison to what God has planned for this planet after the rapture in the great tribulation period. Read the book of the Revelation, get a glimpse of it. See, with the saints raptured and their positive influence removed, evil is going to intensify as there's no one to oppose it. We're living in a day, man, when evil is on steroids. Man, it's unbelievable, the evil, the vile, the wickedness, the sin that is rampant in this world. But there's still, there's still a remnant of people in this world that are godly and love God and serve God. And, and they're holding back, man. They're holding back the enemy. They're praying against and standing against. But you just, you just take 
take those, that godly influence, you just take the church, you take the saints out of this world, and what wickedness and vileness and corruption is going to take place on planet Earth when there's no one left here to oppose it. Crazy, unbelievable, ridiculous things are going to happen. Read it in the book of the Revelation. It describes days where crazy cosmic things are going to take place like stars literally falling out of the sky. The Bible says in that end time, the moon is going to, going to turn into blood. It talks about a third of the world's water sources are going to be turned into blood. It talks about a third of all of the fish on planet Earth that's going to die and the stench is going to be unimaginable. The Bible talks about 100-pound hailstones, hailstones that are going to fall, literally fall from the sky. All types of physical torture are going to come upon, upon the people that are remaining on planet Earth. I'm telling you, you don't want to be here. I'm telling you, you don't have to be here. I'm telling you to get ready. Jesus is coming. He's going to take us out of all of this. And then his wrath is going to take place. Oh, the Bible describes in the book of the Revelation that during that tribulation period, for a short period of time, people are going to want to die, but God's not going to let them die. Oh, they're going to have to, man, and I think even many people will try and commit suicide, and they'll shoot themselves, or they'll take, you know, overdose or whatever. They'll have all the effects of what they've done, and yet they will not be able to die. They will be in torture, and they will be in pain. Read about it in the book of the Revelation. I promise you, you do not want to be here. Oh, and this is just the beginning of God's wrath. I said it's just the beginning of God's wrath because sinners who experience the God's wrath in the great tribulation, that's just the beginning for them because sinners are going to experience God's wrath for all of eternity in a horrible, horrendous place called hell, a place where fire. Oh, is 24-7 where people are burning and painting and in pain 24-7. I know this isn't popular. I know it doesn't build churches, but I want to tell you I've got much more important things on my mind, and that is to make sure that the church that the Lord Jesus Christ has put under my, my care, they understand and they know the times that we are living in and understand the seriousness of the situation and understand that today is the day not to play church. Today is not a day to just kind of you know, just be the new natural church and all of this stuff. I'm all for it. It's okay as long as we keep the message. And the message is we better know Jesus Christ because he's coming again. And you don't want to be left behind. You want to be ready. I want you ready. I want my church ready. I'm your shepherd. I want to make sure all of my sheep are in the fold. I want to make sure all of my sheep are safe. I want all of my sheep to be ready because the master shepherd is soon to come. takeaway for the message this morning is this look up not around look up not around because looking up will bring hope looking around will bring hopelessness man this is a mess we're in is it not this world is in a mess and if you look around you'll become hopeless it's not a day to be hopeless. It's a day to live with great hope. Because the Bible calls the rapture the blessed hope. The blessed hope. We've got a hope. 
And that is Jesus is coming. He's going to take us out of this. Some people, you know, call us escapists. Put me in that group. I'm ready to escape. How about you? If you're not ready, that means you're holding on to this world too too much, too heavy a grip. Father, I just pray you'll take this word this morning. God, forgive us for playing church. Forgive us, Father, for getting our eyes on the wrong things. We've read too many books. We've gone to too many seminars. God, help us to get back to this book. It's our responsibility as as your shepherd to get your church ready.